Good day, everybody, and welcome to uh, I liked. I almost said movie, movie live. Huh? I know. I'm I so like to now. movie, movie. Um, I like the movie, movie. The I podcast like about movie, movie, movie. That's the one. Uh, Happy New Year! It's 2015. 2015. So last episode we went over the uh, the best that 2014 had to offer. Top ten. And um, now uh, we're doing uh, this year. There's a lot of franchises coming up. Uh, there's a Star Wars. There is a Mad Max. There's an Avengers. There's an Ant Man. There's Terminator. a new Terminator. There's everything. We're getting Jurassic Park. A new Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, all this crazy stuff coming yes. out this year. It's a big year for franchises, but. As much as we criticize that, it looks promising. Yeah, and, I, I'm um, actually excited about most of those franchises. They movies. all look really cool, and yeah. I think we're at a, we're at a point where culturally we've started to understand franchise fatigue, and so there's where whereas the early 2000s were littered with just uh, directionless nostalgia, now I think we've we've learned the error of that through Star Wars prequels. Uh, you know, through things like what we're about to talk about today, yeah, how how that can go both ways. Well, and, and Marvel, so, I think, has sort of oh, yeah. broken open this door of like, no, no, there's a way oh, to absolutely. keep telling these stories with these properties and keep them interesting and keep them excited. Well, they have the biggest franchise in the world. Absolutely. You know, Marvel's an all-encompassing, encompassing absolutely. title. But I think that's what everyone is seeing and going like, okay, well, what can we learn from that? How can absolutely. we How can we continue to tell Terminator stories and not just have them be like, hey, nudge nudge, we made another one. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know. Well, this is a this is a series that is a favorite here at Movie Movie. Yes. And uh, oh. we've done at Movie Movie starring Garrett Smith Oh, and Dan Scully. Hi. Yes. Hi. Cool. Hello. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we did Die Hard. We did Die Hard 2, Die we Harder. We will eventually do Die Hard with a Vengeance and uh, Live Free or Die Hard, yep. a.k.a. Die Hard 4.0 in countries that don't have a New Hampshire. <laughs> and uh, so today we're actually doing a good day to Die Hard, yeah, which is... God awful. We we decided to skip those two. Uh, one because this was the only Die Hard I, I hadn't seen mm. uh, at this point. We uh, will come back to them. They oh, do yes. merit it because uh, as a franchise, well, it's worth exploring. They also at this point, if we now that we've done this horrible one, uh, yeah, they yeah. do merit doing the other oh, two. Oh, absolutely, and we'll we'll be able to open those up yeah. better, getting this out of the way because this is this is this is a, a prime example of how to take a franchise with you know a fair amount of success. And push it well past its age, yeah. you know. And 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 the thing is, we are probably going to get a Die Hard Six. Yeah. And uh, I jokingly like to refer to Die Hard Six being called "Only the Good Die Hard," That's really which I really hope. That, uh, honestly, that <laughs> just that seems so likely. It that seems it so does real. Not seem outside of the. Came up with that. Of, I was taking a shit, oh, and that phrase funny. popped in my head, and I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, and I'm singing the song. And, oh yeah. yeah, and they would so be able to use that. Yeah. And it's and the rumors of them bringing back uh, Sam Jackson and oh, potentially God, John McTiernan really? make that work. Even even better for oh, some reason, man. But at the same time, like if 
if that ever became the real title, uh, I'd like to record the date. You heard yeah. it here first, Sunday, January fourth. <laughs> this is being recorded, three thirty-eight p.m. Die Hard. That is so funny. It, it seems, and I, I mean it in the silliest way, but it could work. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, let's admittedly let, let's talk about kind of why we're here to talk about this movie too. Is this is a little bit of an exercise for the two of us in that. Uh, we sort of uh, this movie kickstarted an idea for you that uh, that I I helped sort of uh, oh, uh, yeah, hash yeah. out uh, called uh, Die Hard already Die Hard comma already <laughs> which would be the final installment whatever number that may, might yeah. be in the the Die Hard franchise that takes place in an old folks home with an elderly where where John McClane belongs yes he absolutely belongs oh this there. movie uh, <laughs> makes that abundantly clear. Uh, it, he looks all the more invincible in this one by oh, yeah. sheer fact that he's seventy years old. It's insane. How old is Bruce Willis? Uh, he's probably not that old. Uh, not quite. I'd that say old. he's got to be like sixty-two. Yeah. Which uh, still, though, like uh, my my dad is sixty-one and he's the, trying to build a deck and he'll spend an hour times, working on his deck yeah. and be out of commission for a month. The it's amount insane. of times he rolls a car that he's inside of and falls out of falling <laughs> helicopters. In the first 20 minutes of the movie, oh he God. rolls two cars with himself inside yeah. of it. And, and just where we all learn that in Russia, all cars have NASCAR-level roll cages. Yes. Oh, well, and guns in the trunk. All cars good guys have. The yes. ones that bad guys have are collapsible. Yes, and they have guns in the trunk. And all guns in the trunk. That's Russia. Yeah, There's yeah, just yeah. guns in the trunk. Russia is a video game level where you can just like open random boxes and find more ammunition and, and uh, power-ups and everyone has extra lives and i want to see how but we we the, part of the reason we watched this was we were sort of thinking about the idea of like okay so we this this coming year we're going to have a lot of franchises that we are legitimately excited about we're actually uh it, even though we are probably going to complain about this movie a lot this is a show where we like to be positive about movies part of the reason we're here is to be positive about the franchises yeah, yeah. that are, are being extended this year but i think it's going to be fun just to to really make an attempt at just cutting into this fucking garbage movie oh yeah uh, <laughs> it's but terrible. part of the reason we're doing that is to look at like where where does a franchise go wrong how do you mm. steal it in the wrong direction like this movie just there there is a formula to a diehard movie Mm -hmm. and it's actually a formula that i mean uh, uh, i feel like a lot of times we want to talk about oh breaking the formula and that's how you keep something exciting there's something about a diehard movie that needs to still intrinsically be a diehard movie this one i i think kept a lot of the formula i wouldn't say it broke it there but it just it's just a mess it's just a mess of how they did i don't i don't get how the whole uh, well, we, we were talking about this as the movie went on. Like, one, I mean, one of the key tenets of a diehard movie is wrong place, wrong time. Even even as we talked about, like in the third one, where they were, where the the guy requests McLean specifically, like even that is like it seems incidental right mm-hmm. that mclean gets brought into this mm-hmm. in the sense that when he's hung over <laughs> yeah uh but th- this one is very this one is like a spy movie there's like a mission happening that he sort of forcibly inserts himself into that is wildly different than any other <laughs> not, not spy forcibly movies. inserts himself into Creates, yeah, through his own ineptitude. Oh, that, I mean, he destroys much of Russia. Th- I was going to say, really. Oh. I, mean, I guess we don't have to talk. This is not a movie that warrants us even getting into too much detail about the int- intricacies of the plot as it goes. I mean, the the filmmakers certainly didn't no. see that as a necessity. The overall plot ends in a way where it's just basically you realize, like, man, none of this would have happened if McLean hadn't have inserted himself mm. here. Whereas every other, you said this, every yeah. other Die Hard movie is like. No, this was going to happen one way or the other, and if it wasn't for McLean being there, Just it would have been a lot to be worse. There. Yeah, absolutely. He this stopped is like it. this wouldn't happen at all if he wasn't there. They would have busted him. Oh, so wait, let's let's. This is the this is the plot. Um, you'll you'll remember if because I'm oh, positive God, you haven't you seen this movie. I didn't understand. I, it. I'm going to do my best. Uh, 
Uh, if you remember the tagline for the movie when it came out was Yippie Kaye Mother Russia. So it's not like what we all hoped, which is, you know, like, McLean, you blew up a city block. Uh, you're getting put on Russia, you know, and then they send him to Russia and he's uh, busted down. No, are it's you nothing implying like that. that this could have been like a, a police academy sequel? Yeah, exactly. Mission <laughs> to Moscow. Style. Yeah. And they could have done that. That would have been a great chance to bring Reginald Vell Johnson back <laughs> totally. where he's just like, you know, I shot another kid, McLean. <laughs> so they busted me down to traffic cop in Russia. <laughs> and then lots of jokes about most of the traffic related action sequences in this movie. So what it is, is McLean has a guy at his office that he likes to call Kid, and the yeah. kid likes to call him Poppy, yep. and it's just young cop, old weird. cop, and while they're hanging out at the shooting range, where it's made very but clear that McLean is always good at shooting guns. Can we talk about this really, yeah, yeah, really absolutely. quick, really quick? Yeah, absolutely. That shooting range. Yeah. It looked a lot like the typical like NYPD blue cop office mm -hmm. that just happened to have a gun range inside oh, yeah. of it. It, was, Am it I wasn't wrong about gun, that? gun range at all. It was it a set. It had like wanted things up on <laughs> yeah, the wall. Like it looked like the same place they did like their detective work at their desks. Probably. That just happened to have a gun range. It's McLean's it. office. Yeah. He needs a gun range yeah. <laughs> at his desk. And they have wanted posters so that he can see it and be like, I gotta get this scumbag off the street. Blah, 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 scumbags. Blah, blah. Yes. That's the only motivation McLean needs to be involved in anything. Well, that's what is there a scumbag the at the center of it? He sensed some scumbaggery. Yeah. Because what it is is his son is on trial for something in, in Russia. Involving because early on, sort of he executes a guy and they radical? put him in court next to a political guy. Right. And he says, Put me in there next to him. Come to find out as McLean shows up. Uh, at the same time that, that this guy was supposed to testify with, with him, uh, there's a group of evil Russians that blow up the courthouse in an attempt to extract him. But it also turns out that John McLean's son is CIA, yeah. and his job was, they, I guess they knew that these guys were going to bust him out, right. and his job was to step in, take him to a safe point where they were going to extract him via extraction drone. Yeah. Because Die Hard. Yeah. And McLean almost gets run over by the car, and because they have a moment of, you know, job, what are you doing? Get out of the car! And I'm like, Dad, what the fuck? Is this a movie or something? Uh, he's delayed by a minute, and the CIA, who could foresee all of this, mm -hmm. but for McLean showing up, mm -hmm. says, No, you missed the drone. Uh, we don't have the technology to slow it down, turn it around, or do anything. Right. You're going to have to go visit Cole Hauser at the, at the safe house. Yep. Um, so then. Cole Hauser gets shot in the face. Mm -hmm. uh, they have some moments here and there. And then for the rest of the movie, they, they are shooting off into the distance at exploding bad guys. Yep. Since not really capable of doing non-CGI non action sequences or sequences that could easily use a stuntman. Yeah. Uh, McLean, who's just kind of been following this action the whole time and, uh, and, and precipitating it. I kind of want to stop you just to say, yeah, like, yeah. I'm bored listening to you about this. Oh, yeah, That's I've how barely even gotten into the meat of it. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I'll wrap it up quickly because now I was going scene by scene. We'll yeah. go back to that. Uh, basically, the guy that they're rescuing has a file that could incriminate a very powerful man in they Russia just refer to who it apparently as, owns it. And they refer to it as the file. The file. The they, might, they may as well have just been like, you better get the MacGuffin file, <laughs> you know, like. MacGuffin's got a lot of information on you. It was so ridiculous to me that they so just ridiculous. called it The File the whole time. So lo and behold, as it turns out, there's a much bigger plot, and the guy they thought was the good guy is actually more of a bad guy than the oh, bad you mean, guy. You mean it and is actually a Die Hard movie at the end of the day? It, it mean, turns out that the guy that you, like is not doing what he yeah. says he's doing, and he's just there for money. 
for that's uranium. What, that's what every Die Hard movie is about. Yeah. It's a robbery. It's always yeah. a robbery. Yeah. I feel like if I was a cop, yeah. I would look at all of these and be like, well, there's one common factor amongst all of this. I think we should arrest and interrogate John McClane. Yeah. I know it's crazy, yeah. but uh, I think we should arrest and interrogate him. Yeah. They'd be like, you mean the guy who's received no honors for stopping four of the largest terrorist attacks in the history of our country? Yeah. Probably the four largest outside of 9-11? Oh, no, him? No, no. He's probably drunk at a bar somewhere lamenting that he didn't bond with his son. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's insane. It, I mean, oh. they, they knew some of what would make a good story out of this, oh, which yeah. is like the like idea... The person who wrote this has seen Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, Who's yeah. Like, the idea that like his son would be just as cocky as him, and so like they would have a very like conflicted relationship with each other, mm-hmm. and putting them in a situation like this together would make them bicker in a way that might be interesting. Like Those things are in this movie and are interesting ideas that I would love to see play out in a good Die Hard in movie. In a good script, and yeah. It's, this just isn't that movie. I feel like every ounce of this, if they could clean up that story lightly, yeah. the whole idea of John McClane with his son, yeah. you know, growing close. Because I mean, they did it in the fourth one with the daughter, right. and even though it wasn't quite that, right? You know, they put Justin Long in to be <laughs> yeah. that thing, which people hated on. I I enjoy him. I, that was fine. Yeah, with me. It was cool. He's he, a he's a good fun actor. Like that's absolutely. You know, he was a good addition to that. And I think in a large way, we have to uh, thank Die Hard Tour, Die Hard for a little bit for Tusk. Yeah, because that to me I think is what put Justin Long and Kevin Smith together totally. for that. Yep. And uh, well, and I I wanted to say actually uh, th- this is a s- slightly a, a detour, but uh, yeah, uh, as detour, we were watching this, means. I realized uh, uh, Kevin Smith has this great story about working on Die Hard Four because he plays that like that wizard character or whatever his name is mm-hmm. who like he's like the plot guy. You know, they just like, yeah, they yeah. drop off at his house at one point and he's like plot 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 and they're like oh right there's a movie happening let's get back to it. Uh, he has this great story about when he worked on that Bruce Willis was so involved in making sure it was a diehard movie. Oh yeah. He, yeah like yeah. every step of the way he was like, no, I don't think McLean would say this. Let's mm. make sure the line is more like this. I don't think McLean would do this. Let's make sure it's more like this. It Perhaps sounded that's like, what saved Diehard for because I, I, I actually very much enjoy that movie. It is enjoyable. And the unrated one is <clears throat> at least closer to a diehard mm-hmm. than than a lot of people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Although it's not close. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. It still turns him into a superhero more yeah, than the other yeah. ones do. But it is a really fun action movie and at least mm. has a plot line that I can follow and you know Absolutely. I'm invested in the characters. Well once to some you extent. open the door up to sequels, like I mean, what made the first one so good was that at a time where action heroes were super machismo. buff Schwarzenegger yeah. machismo stuff, he was a regular everyman mm-hmm. who wasn't invincible. That was the hook. And then it just kinda like even anytime you open it up to a sequel you have to swallow a little bit bigger pill. Mm-hmm. And so that already opens the door towards Invincible McLean. Yeah. Now, in the second one, they did have a clever thing where the bad guys weren't using real bullets. Right. So that explains it, but you know, you can only do that once. Yeah. Whether the explanation or not, the whole idea is that in the second one, he's pretty much invincible already. So yeah. I hate to credit the later ones for doing that. Right. I mean, he rides down an exploding sewer tunnel while like surfing over a truck in the third one. It's, totally. It's there, insane. Yeah. So I never want to credit them for that, but I don't know. I guess there's a breaking point, and I think this movie re- reached it for me. But it, 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 turned it totally into that. does, because this movie, like, it was very clear to me, like, oh, Bruce Willis doesn't even care anymore. He didn't care. It you know what I mean? Like, it, so that's hard. such a touching story of him working on that fourth one and being like, this could turn into a big piece of shit, and I care too much about this character yeah, for yeah. that to happen. Let's make sure it doesn't. 
and then you watch this movie and it's like oh he clearly is he doesn't care anymore mm-hmm. uh and and i don't even mean that as a slight on bruce willis i actually think it, it it's more the reality of he is too old for this he's shit too, he's too old <laughs> you know? for this shit. He re- i mean really <laughs> he is you can see it uh when you're watching well, this, this is movie 2013 if he's i looked it up he's 59 now so okay. he's 57 yeah that's too old for that shit. It, yeah, it, it he he old. just is. He he looks uh, too old. He you know. I, I said when we were watching, he really this, does look old in it, this. He does. In the fourth one, they still managed to make him look young yeah. and fit, and it kind of made it believable. Yeah. In this one, like he and he he's not in bad shape no. for a man of, of fifty nine at all. No, 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 no. He's in great shape. He looks old though. Yeah. They would do a lot of close ups on his face where you're like, I could. I could put a pour a river through those lines in his forehead. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, Bruce! It's I know. Well, and also it's seeing him next to the guy playing his son. What's his name? Oh, J- yeah. Jai something. Jay Courtney. Yeah, Jay yeah. Courtney. He because uh, that guy has. I, I understand why they cast him. He actually has a Bruce Willis look about oh, him. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. In his face and his eyes he's, and stuff. He's perfectly cast as John McClane's son, right? As it were. Yeah. You know? uh, not a great actor, but uh, he works. I think. But like. Putting his face next to Willis's, you're like, oh my god, that is what Willis used to look like. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like he just—it's all the more dramatic what his uh, his age, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, mm-hmm. Which he, I think they were doing a little bit intentionally. That is a little bit what this movie is oh, about. There's a big joke about yeah. you know, old man, eh, young kid doesn't yeah. get it, you know, that kind of thing. It's a little bit what it's about. I, I I said to you as we were watching this, and I legitimately think this is a good idea, but I understand why no one would make this movie because I think they would be afraid. And in fact, people probably wouldn't like this movie. But I think this is a good idea in a world where he is too old to be John McClane. Because one of the big problems with this movie is like he there's no there's no MacGyver John McClane in this movie. There's mm-hmm. no ingenuity of McClane except well, for that one, one driving sequence <laughs> yeah. that I fucking love. It looks great it's and it's awesome. worthless, <laughs> but it's just it's fucking like I don't care. Yeah. You just don't it's care. Just mashing of action yeah. figures together yeah. the dumbest way. But that's the only time there's uh. like that ingenuity of McClane playing in the movie you know and that's one of the that is one of the central things to the first one that makes it so fun and interesting to watch uh in a world where he's too old to do that stuff make the movie all all the diehard movies sort of end on a twist of like and it turns out the bad guy actually wanted this Mm -hmm. make the twist at the end of this movie that mclean is actually the bad guy and he's been conning his son the whole time and his son is now the central actions in the movie of in a good day to die hard justify that because he causes all of the problems Man, I make that movie. I think that's an interesting way to that. twist that. Because if you think about think about the first one, uh, um, uh. Gr- uh, Gruber Hans Gruber doesn't do a lot of uh, actiony stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's mostly McLean doing the actiony stuff. So then you make McLean now the Gruber of the movie, but you don't tell the audience that. You let mm-hmm. the audience think he's helping his son. He's got like but, wicked PTSD from the first three, yeah, so he's yeah. just crazy. But really, it's like he's playing his son for some reason, right? We could find mm-hmm. a way to make that work. I think that's a fun, interesting way to like make a fun Die Hard movie with oh, an old Bruce Willis. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely, but uh, yeah. I don't the know. only thing is, here's here's my question for that movie because I like that idea. But how do you justify um, why people he's would, doing people that? People would hate it, and I get why producers would never uh, do yeah. it. To me, it's a funny idea. But here's the question: How do you make it so that it's justifiable when the son kills McLean at the end of the movie? Right when he throws him off a building. Yeah. How do you do that? I know. I and know. I feel like the only way to justify that is to then continue the series another five movies and have his son kill him, right. and then everyone will be like, "Oh, we're just gonna okay." Uh-huh. Now that's uh-huh. you know, now that's a good move. Uh, 
Okay, what, wait, <laughs> what if, hold on, let's add, let's turn the screw a little further. What if it is the, uh, we can call it the Creed version of a sequel, mm-hmm. and by that I mean the uh, upcoming Rocky sequel, where we switch. So that's shooting in Philly soon. Right, where we, I'm hoping to get where we switch Stallone the roles, FaceTime. right? The guy that yeah. was the trainer, was was trained, is now training the yeah, guy yeah. that he fought. So what if we twist it around where there's a young Gruber at the center of the next Ooh. Die Hard movie, and McLean is the villain of the piece that would be awesome right that would be because i mean even in the original diet and we explored this on the show yeah if you look at it from gruber's point of view right yeah it's it's a slasher, it's movie, slasher movie because there's just this unseen yeah. force picking off his yeah. friends one by one to play that oh that would oh, be awesome and you could play the trick on the audience that they are watching the next die hard movie because oh, we yeah, watch yeah. it from mclean's perspective but we do at the end actually pull the rug out from under the audience and go, no, what McLean was doing was the was the bad thing, and mm-hmm. Gruber was actually trying to stop him. He was pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yeah, end yeah. of the day, no, it's uh, I would uh, I would watch that. I would absolutely watch yeah. that. I but uh, I still think for for die maybe one more chapter so we can do Die Hard already. Die, yes, because I like the idea of you know perhaps before his descent into madness, it's just his yes. descent into senility. Yes. And, uh, the, oh, that is, I think, the beautiful yeah. idea we had, which yeah. is just that McLean. Okay, so we talked. We talked about this. A yeah. central tenet of McLean is that McLean needs to McLean things. Yeah, he has to do it. If something, if he is presented with any information at all, he's gonna sniff a rat. He's gonna smell some tomfoolery. There was that scene in this movie where he's just like, he's like, wait a second, I don't trust this, and there's no yeah. reason for him not to trust it. Well, but of course though, he's right. At the same time, I, I feel like that wasn't even that intuitive because right. if I was standing in a room and like two Russian people were just glancing back at me and talking yeah, explicitly yeah. in Russian secretively, I'd be like, you know what? Something smells. Yeah. Something smells but like vodka. But that is vodka. always the thing, right? Something always smells to yeah, McLean. something always smells. And then McLean has to McLean right. his way out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So we uh, start our movie in the old folks' home that he lives in now because he's going senile and now McLean's brain is turning against him and where he thinks something has gone wrong he just creates a problem that he has to mclean to solve or i like the idea also of of he thinks there's something going right. on and as he's snooping he stumbles across something bigger and completely different that, that is, actually is actually going, going on. on yeah but as he just responds to what he thinks going on he just haphazardly you know agitates and eventually yes. solves the other situation because that's a very that is yeah. a diehard movie yeah oh absolutely right? <laughs> absolutely uh, and we, what what were some of the ideas we had? Like you you have an action scene where he gets like w- like a wheelchair to get launched in the air at, at somebody with a walker. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He could do a. Th- I feel like there'd be a lot of uh, of fight sequences where he like drops something uh-huh. and when he bends down to pick it up, that's when the bad guy throws the punch and misses <laughs> him hitting yeah. the other bad guy. Yeah. And he's completely you know because the bad guys would obviously be undercover as orderly <clears throat> orderlies and nurses at this right. place, so he would just think that. That craziness is going on, right. you know, because he's old, mm-hmm. and you know that that would all be, you know, it's it's turning into a, a naked gun movie. I, but, it, yeah. I know, I, I'm I'm like I think it has to. In my head, I'm trying to formulate like a way to do the walking across glass sequence, but he's mm. like walking across puzzles that, yeah. they, that they they destroyed and put on the floor. Yeah, puzzles and Legos. Yeah. He's just gonna walk across those. Yeah. Uh, Somehow, somehow, like the uh, the bingo balls get used as like a tool yeah. to to uh, uh, thwart the plan of the evil nurses. When his family comes to visit him, to them it's like, oh, we're visiting Papa Papa John. <laughs> hey, we're visiting <laughs> Papa John, Papa McLean. And uh, but to him, it's like an intense interrogation scene yes. where he's like being very badass and mean and awful. 
and they're just like, let him go. It's <laughs> he's been through a lot of Die Hard movies. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually have you have you heard of a uh, uh, have you did you see Foxcatcher? Well, the the guy that Foxcatcher is about suddenly had, and he was like very cooperative throughout the filming. Mm-hmm. He suddenly had this strange like aversion to the film. He called oh. out the director and said that it was a uh, Dupont. Is that who you're talking about? Uh, or, no, no, or no. the wrestler that it's about. The, the wrestler, okay. the guy that uh, Channing Tatum plays, okay. and he was saying how the movie suggests homosexual undertones between those two characters. Interesting, and like. It does and it doesn't. I don't think it tries to. It's unavoidable to have any sort of a father-son narrative like that, especially in a sports movie. Yeah. That that you that it couldn't be argued that there's a homosexual undertone. And I think that's something that happens whenever you're talking about that level of machismo with characters. Absolutely. Right? That's a, Absolutely. It's just an undertone that that has. Either way, he got mad at it, and the yeah. thing comes across as as homophobic and, and weird, and uh, it almost just makes me want to be like, this guy's probably gay. Just <laughs> yeah. But it's just kind of weird and like... You know, for him to suddenly jump on that, but I feel like we shouldn't criticize him because I'm like, he survived Foxcatcher, and if you've seen oh, that movie, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he survived the Foxcatcher story, so maybe he's a little agitated. So that's the attitude that I would have towards this old man McLean, uh-huh. which is be like, you know, no matter what he's doing, like when his granddaughter's visiting him, but he's hitting the desk and interrogating her and saying mm-hmm. mean things. They're like, you know, Grandpa's mean, and they're just like, just let him go. Yeah, you know, he's got to we'll live out we'll this narrative later. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's nothing we can do. Yep. Here, but at the same time, you know, we've got would, eight movies we can show you to explain something. why he's treating you this way. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and the little girl would say something though that would ring to like a, a clue for him. Yeah, and then you know it would help him solve the crime, even though it's completely ancillary. Yeah. Uh, the the it would have the line uh, yippee kaye grandmother fucker. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Oh my god, ew. <laughs> and I feel like he, even like the the bad guy wouldn't even be like hating McLean. Right. It would just be more like a can you can you just stop? Yeah. You're slowing down the process. Right. That way he would he could just be like you know why won't you just die already? <laughs> and then there's your. Because they pulled that in this movie when he was like, you know, I think that uh, despite all the, you know, the fact that we blew up, blew up most of Russia and killed yeah. about a million people, it was a good day. Yeah. And you're like, do die, die hard. To die in the movie. That's what this is called. <laughs> they never did that in the fourth one. I know. He was never Thank just God. like, yeah, we're going to blow this guy up because uh, you got to live free or die hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 4.0. I'm pretty sure they've never, thankfully, used the the phrase "die hard" in a Die Hard movie, right? That's true, because die, die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah, is also like, yeah, we we think about that with fondness, but now that I'm thinking about that, that is a stupid title. Oh, that's a terrible title. <laughs> die, what does it mean? With a Vengeance, Die Hard with a Vengeance. It, it also. Well, what does Die Hard even mean in I, that context? Yeah, n- I don't think uh, any of the titles have ever made much sense. I, I it kind of fits the the first one because like. To be a diehard fan means you oh, just go for it. Sure, you know? okay. And so in that kind of thing, like he's a diehard oh, kind of guy. Hard, he's just yeah. gonna do it, you yeah, know. He's diehard. But uh, at the same time, it's just like a lot of people die pretty hard in that <laughs> movie. And you know, so second one, die harder. That's a, you know, we talked. Well, about and I that think before. that's a misnomer that's too. Yeah. I don't think that's really the title. That's, that's just like the, the tagline tag tag on the poster yeah. that everybody remembers it by. But uh, yeah, with, with a vengeance. vengeance. <laughs> but also with a vengeance, then opens the door for, for anything, this insane yeah. series, this insane titled series. You yeah, know? yeah. Actually, that's uh, my favorite franchise titling I've ever seen. It trumps even 
the uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. My favorite franchise entry title because I don't know what it means <laughs> and I hate it. Is is Batman Forever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is what. Yeah, because because that was still of the series of like Batman. Okay, movie about Batman. Yeah. Batman Returns. Oh, it's a sequel. He's yeah. back. He has returned. Yeah. Batman Forever. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, that's oh Jim Carrey. Okay, but think about. <laughs> Wait, but there there is a thing though. He does have a a Batman credit card in the movie that they cut to, and it's Batman like credit, good through forever. Wow. So maybe the title's yeah. a reference to that. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> think about it this way. Uh, this is not a justification for the title for those movies to have those titles, mm. but you could actually apply those titles to like Christopher Nolan's movies, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is a Batman movie. And then it's a Batman Returns movie. We literally like it. The oh, idea yeah. is like he kind of has to go away and come back. Mm. And then you have a Batman Forever movie where the idea is, no, I have to establish this moniker of Batman oh, to yeah. exist in oh, perpetuity yeah. That's true. outside of me, right? So like... I have to light the bridge on fire with my <laughs> logo. Yes. There's no time. <laughs> uh, but so uh, I could see a I could see a world in which you rationalize oh, those titles for a series of Batman movies. Not that series of not Batman that movies. One. I don't even think Batman Returns makes sense as a title for the second one. It's not like not he really. goes he didn't away, go away or back. anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Really should have been called Catwoman Returns. <laughs> yeah, she had multiple multiple lives. Yes, that supernatural Catwoman ability that so, we all know Catwoman has from the familiar stories of Catwoman. I well, love Batman Returns no. almost because of that. <laughs> because in a weird way to me it was like that that explained the penguin yeah because like in the other stuff it's just like he's a fat penguiny guy yeah and so he's decided to call himself the penguin actually gotham's doing a great job of that so far despite being silly but uh yeah like so that explained the penguin was like ah it's a magical world with haunted circuses (laughs) yeah go crazy but (laughs) they also you know know, used the moses story to yeah that's true yeah yeah, that's literally used the moses story uh, which so hey, wait, we're still talking about franchises, so this we're still is the on subject. That I have, yes. Is with uh, with a good day to die hard, yes. which we've agreed is an across the board failure. Yeah. despite some small efforts, there's some great action. Uh, I'm okay. I don't even want to say sequences, and I don't even want to say set pieces. I want Mm-mm. to literally say action pieces. There's there action are, moments. There are mo- yes, moments, pieces of action sequences and scenes in this that are fantastic. Okay, so this is my question, and and I think this ties into it. Is there are successful franchises? Yes. And the question is, what what does a franchise have to do in terms of staying true to its core as well as growing mm-hmm. to be a successful part part of the franchise without exiting the franchise entirely or selling out the franchise? Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And so one of the things with Die Hard that is crazy is that huge action set pieces are kind of a latter addition to the series. Yes. The first one's more of a claustrophobic movie. Yes. It does have a helicopter explosion. That's the finale, though, right? That's yeah, what exactly. we build It does to. have him jumping off the building on the line, but, I mean, we he exceeds all it, of those yeah. moments in the first ten minutes of this movie. Of every other movie. Of, really? of every other yeah. movie. You know, they're huge. Yeah. But at the same time, like I feel like if I saw a newer Die Hard movie without some kind of crazy action like that, I would feel like it betrays the series, right? Despite not being in tune with the original. So right. that, that's my question: is how do you walk that line? Right. Uh, do we have some examples of a good series? Well, I mean, like I think that uh, I'm not a huge fan of Mission Impossible Two. Either am I. Um, but I actually think that franchise is kind of an interesting look at like how to mm. keep growing and evolving a franchise and keep it interesting. I like that franchise a lot. Like one of the things they did with the fourth one, and it's a little bit silly, but it did make the movie work and kept it interesting and different from mm. the others. Was they ran through this idea of 
hey, you know all those cool gadgets that all these movies are about? None of them work right. Mm-hmm. That was like a theme of the fourth one was mm-hmm. like none of the gadgets they use work right. They all malfunction in different ways that make the set pieces more exciting than they would have been. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that happens in the other ones. The other ones are about like very cool, unique gadgets that you've never seen oh, before. That work perfectly. That work perfectly. And that's and what cool the show Mission Impossible right. was. Yeah. Actually, that's that's interesting because that does make it a natural progression where right. it's like this world does rely on these right. gadgets. What if they fuck up? Right. You know, red means dead. Green means... It, it, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like... that. And that an, was great. That's an interesting way to grow and evolve the franchise while still playing by the franchise's inherent rules, mm-hmm. right? It's still centrally an Ethan Hunt movie. Uh, it still has... Um, you know, uh, you know, they still use the face disguises, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. still hits all of these tenets of a Mission Impossible movie, but it does it in a way that keeps it fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, it, but it, but that's like a minor tweak, right? That's really what, like Terminator to Terminator Two, minor tweak. The bad guy is now the good guy. Oh yeah, minor yeah. tweak, significant change to make a really great sequel to something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Alien to Alien. See that that's the example that I was going to go to because that's that was to me like a. Uh, that that was awesome because they took a story that really the only way to sequelize it is to grow the world. Yes. But like how do you grow that world without it becoming becoming weird or cheesy? Mm-hmm. And and you know, like like Riddick was an example. The the Riddick series, like after Pitch Black, they grew the world and it was like weird. Yeah. And I liked it well enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, what made the movie Riddick so successful is they shrunk the world right back down and yeah. just gave you a cool action story in that, and that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, I want to and, check um, that out. it was cool. It's it's yeah. you know it's it's more machismo, yeah, you know that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But it's it's classic and it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. But uh, so so yeah, so for Alien, I think that that something that James Cameron is good at, mm-hmm. and he did in Terminator, was he made it a bigger world. Mm-hmm. You know, and t- Terminator Two is the first one that really explicitly considers the future yes you know this the the other one is just about her surviving mm-hmm. the terminator yep you know so the second one actually builds that world in the franchise that's the benchmark yeah everything now including the upcoming terminator is just that that world and and how the war against the machines yep. i guess seems inevitable right, right right and so and so it's big and has connotations and that's what the alien sequel did it does it built upon the whole a different creature gets a face hugger mm-hmm. it becomes a different sort of thing mm-hmm. it made it an action movie it made it a world that built the Wayland yutani brand yes it did all this crazy stuff but it was just as as terrifying yeah yeah, yeah. It, and it and started to fall apart in the in the ones after that which i i still think they have merit but you know i get why they're but i think aliens also gives us a another blueprint maybe a different one from what mission impossible 4 gives us mm-hmm. and that is the blueprint that i would argue um, um winter soldier just followed and it makes me excited for future marvel movies because i think they're about to hit on this which is taking so you you have a franchise right you have like a some sort of central themes and tenants that make a, a diehard movie or whatever and going like okay now this time though it's a heist movie yeah, or yeah this yeah. time it's a, in aliens this time oh, it's yeah, an yeah. action movie iron man 3 it's, this time it's a comedy exactly it's an, it's it's, an action let's comedy you know imprint yeah. another genre onto mm-hmm. the main tenants of our characters and stories oh absolutely and i like i think that's actually a pretty good blueprint for keeping it interesting keeping it exciting oh, and giving definitely. us new entries um, uh, like well, that's what honestly the I've never read them, but uh, one of my good friends is a huge fan of expanded Star Wars universe yeah. novels, and they will do that sometimes mm-hmm. where it's just like, hey, do you remember that robot that kind of looked like this that was hanging out in the cantina after he left that day? He got involved in a heist, right? And then they throw that out there, and it's just 
You've got the general accepted rules of the Star Wars universe. Yep. It has no big implications on it. And I'm excited, actually, in terms of Star Wars. They seem to intend to want to do that I in some way. I hope so. I think I that's really a hope big, they do. expansive enough universe that huge you world. can. Absolutely. And all you have to do is give... It just has to feel like a Star Wars movie. And mm-hmm. there... I, I, it's so hard to describe that, and maybe that's why it's so hard to make a good continuing franchise. It's so hard for me to say what a Star Wars movie feels like, mm-hmm. but there is something a Star oh, Wars movie feels like. And if you can nail that, you could tell me any story with but any character. Then I think we just answered one of the questions that I'm asking. Yeah. And one of the trappings, I think, of certain franchises over other ones, ones that Marvel is certainly not as trapped by, right. ones that, um, you know, something like Star Wars is definitely not as trapped by anymore, is that Die Hard does not exist without Bruce Willis. That's true, 100%. Um, it, it, I don't think you could pass the franchise off to his son. You couldn't. You can't do it. Uh, there was the hints of giving Shu Labu uh, Indiana Jones, right. and it was immediately agreed upon, like... Just you know, don't. Yeah. You know, just don't. Let it go without and him. let it go. And so this one, like, if they passed it off to him, then it would just be. Right. It wouldn't be right. Dyer doesn't exist without Bruce Willis. Right. So one of the trappings of the franchise, since they do want to milk it, yeah. is we have to figure out a way to get him in it. So where a good day to die hard fails is that for the first act of the movie, he is just a background character oh following the son's movie yeah. and agitating the situation yeah. with his own shortcomings and and lack of knowledge generally and yeah. then he becomes part of the plot and, this, uh, uh, and that's re- not a way to do it no yeah. it's not and that brings <laughs> up a really that brings up a big complaint about just to jump back on Die Hard 5 really quick a big complaint I have about it yeah, is let's just jump back on the a, topic of this episode dude, real quick a main, <laughs> main tenant of a Die Hard movie right we're mm. talking about like what are these what are these things what is the feeling what is that right is I, I, I know every character I know them I, I, I know them. Every villain, every side villain, every side character, they have stories, mm-hmm. and I'm interested in them, and I'm invested in them. I know nothing about fucking anybody in this movie. Anybody. No, I don't even know that much about John McClane. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't seen another Die Hard movie coming into this movie, I would have no idea what the fuck is going on in they, this movie. They literally establish him as just his only scene outside of the Die Hard movie, as it were, is yeah. just him shooting targets at yeah. the beginning, and a guy being like, I pulled some strings to get this file to tell you where your son is. Yeah. And he's like, cool, I'm in Russia and now. And doesn't he say something like, don't do anything crazy? And he's like, that's all I do. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I guess that's supposed to establish like, he doesn't play by the rules. I guess we're not going to have a fucking movie yeah. then. <laughs> he goes, oh, he said, that's literally what he says. He goes, you know, they don't play by the rules in Russia. And he goes, neither do I. Yeah, right? Yeah, Isn't yeah, that yeah. what he says? Yep. Oh, man. And that just harkens back, like, the, the line in Die Hard for me is when the guy's like, you can't kill me. You are a cop. You have rules. And he's like, that's what my boss keeps telling yeah. me. That is yeah. unreal how inspired that is. Yeah. And this is such a watered down version of yeah. that. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, it hurts. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Trying, so that's one of, of the trappings. Fr- yeah. Is, is that. And that's where Indiana Jones, why that will initially yeah. die unless they can figure well, out some way to so do it. So then we can talk about this now. So, like, Terminator is a weird franchise mm-hmm. where it's like. It, technically, it has existed without Schwarzenegger, at least Yeah, he once. was only that digital yeah. thing at the end, which was more of a, a fan fan service than anything. And the idea of the story of Terminator is that a Terminator is just a robot, right? Mm-hmm. Is a killing machine. It does not necessitate that killing machine even looking like Schwarzenegger, because oh, yeah, already yeah. in the second one, we introduced Terminators that don't look like him. Oh, yeah. So you could, I think, 
continue the Terminator franchise without him, but that's only because the story is set up in a way. I think they attempted to. I think that's what Salvation was right. was trying to do. Yeah, get away from that. I think the Terminator franchise, and this sounds crazy, like but it or not, I, think I think it's it, going to last forever. I know. Because even, w- I, I think there's there's already enough of a world built, and that's actually, once again, thanks to James Cameron. He yep. is good at building a world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not good at, at pacing a uh, movie anymore. Telling a story, but, uh, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, he is, but... But he, he likes world building. Yeah. That's why. Hey, he's good at that. He does it for James Cameron because he is James Cameron. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, he was he was good at that. And I think there's enough of a world in Terminator yeah. and enough of a flexibility of the rules established into the rules themselves yes. that you can just milk that until it's dead. Yeah. Now, after, you know, there'll definitely be a moment of like, oh, this is the first Terminator without Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. when he dies. But that's like 20 Terminator movies from now. So yeah. don't even have to worry about that. I know, it, it, I, and I I'm excited for that new Terminator movie. Actually, I, too. I, I, I think, think that cool. trailer looks really cool. And I, I you know everybody's like, okay, this is what's so funny to me about that. Just to talk about that really quick is a lot of people are complaining. Like I, that trailer doesn't even make sense. Like if you think about the logic of the time travel in these movies, mm. like how how could you <laughs> what even logic to time travel? When is that okay? Been there? And yeah. here's the other thing, like. I don't understand why no one has put this together that essentially what this movie is going to be is the best act of Back to the Future 2 as a whole movie. Absolutely. It's, I love that it's idea. It's just going to be them going back to all the best scenes of the Terminator movies we've already seen and going like, actually, a whole bunch of other shit was happening in the background because oh, yeah. this stuff already happened because time travel. That's kind of what they started to do a little bit from what I understand with the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, okay. I didn't see a lot of that. I didn't either. I hear that's actually it a better Terminator cool sequel than, than the oh, other yeah. ones. Well, it's more like it, it's in that world. Yeah. It, it has all of that, but it's... I know that it makes some sort of... I say, I shouldn't even be saying anything because I haven't seen enough of it, but I know that it makes some sort of a reference to the idea of just, you know, this could have happened 150 times. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's why it's so fluid because if there's ever a time, uh, like a, a hole in a plot, yeah. it's like, well, there might be another plot happening right now from Terminator 10 that's yeah. also interacting with this, but they just have been very covert about it. You know, right. like that's... And that's awesome. Yeah. I can't think of a more Terminator idea than that. I, you know? I love the idea that it is, uh, you know, they're trying to prevent this future where there's like a war between man and machine, but all that has created is a war over a piece of time. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. Like a war that's taking place during and over. Uh, it's literally a war about and over a specific chunk of time. Oh, yeah. It's insane. That's so cool. Whoever can dominate that real estate amongst the the scape of the story can win everything. Yes. But because the story has implications that are so big, it can be meddled with over and over and over. It's it's awesome. There's, it's so apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's and, and that's I think that's why you're right. You could do that story forever, and I don't think you need Schwarzenegger to tell that story. Mm. Even though there is something intrinsically like he's in the DNA of a Terminator movie. Oh, you know? absolutely. Uh, but I don't think you need him. So I do think it depends a little bit on the actual elements of the story that your franchise has. Mm-hmm. And so maybe really what we're talking about at the end of the day is just studios smartening up and looking at what they're treating as a franchise and going, oh, absolutely. is this actually absolutely. franchisable? Mm-hmm. Because not everything is. Not everything is. Some things do rely on a specific actor. Absolutely. There's no such thing as a Die Hard without him. No. That's like, for a long time, there was a rumor of Lethal Weapon 5. Uh-huh. And the whole idea of, of Lethal Weapon 5, uh, Mel Gibson did not want to do it. Right. So they were just going to kill him off and have Danny Glover continuing with just some other way. Right. And it was just like, 
it, it smartly enough, everyone just was like, that's kind of the point. Right. You know, yeah, you yeah. can't have that. Yeah. That's well, now that brings up another interesting franchise that's coming out this year, and I I just did a rewatch of all of it, which is the oh, Mad, yeah, Max yeah, Mad Max franchise, uh, which is a great franchise, and I think uh, another interesting blueprint for how do you do it. You just sort of, what is the logical evolution like of a it's story? It's only now a franchise, right. because it was actually a full trilogy. Yes. Um, despite the first one, I don't know if they ever intended to make a sequel. I mean, yeah. George Miller was a doctor right. that ended up writing a script, and yeah. it just worked for him. But yeah. like, that's, yeah, it's... It is now a franchise. It is now. You know, there is a brand established. And here's an interesting thing where it's like, I would say that Mel Gibson kind of is intrinsic to, you know, Mad Max in the sense that, like, if you watch those three movies, like, by the end of it, like, Mad Max is a mythical figure Mm -hmm. that is very much Mel Gibson. He looks like that guy. Everyone's looking for that guy. Yet, here we are. We're going to get one that doesn't star him. And so now we look at it and go, like, okay... But I and here's the thing, I'm legitimately excited for this movie. Oh yeah, I, I, I think it looks amazing. Com- I would not complain that it's not going to. Well, start I Mel think Gibson. that it, that I could argue that maybe this is the beginning of a Bond style thing. Yes, and that to me works because <clears throat> Bond to me it's not explicitly framed as this, right? But it just it's just it's another Bond story. Yeah. So we've got a Bond. Yeah. You know, and even like the Road Warrior hints at it, like that movie is is explicitly framed and just like I remember when I met the Road yes. Warrior. Let me tell you a story. He is, and a so the argument figure. could be made that any of these stories are just like oh the road warrior touched my life once and yep. it was crazy yep. and that's that's cool to me yeah i agree with you. also that- tom hardy is a fucking he's, oh, he's, he's great he's a fucking beefcake badass and that's why i think this is yet another um you know uh, uh, an interesting blueprint which is just to say treat them all as distinct like if you want to make a good franchise that i think really works and and marvel is doing this this as well and it makes sense to do it with comics but Everything is an episode. It's not one continuing story, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is just an episode in the I life of I think that's why character. even The Dark Knight is so successful yes. and why I love that the best out of the new the new trilogy yep. is that your first one's the origin, the second one due to circumstances beyond their control was a messy wrapping up of it. Yep. I'm sorry, the third one. Yep. The second one is just we've established a Batman, we yep. have a Batman world, let's put him on one adventure. Yep. And like that's so cool, and you could treat you could milk that forever. I mean, that's why Bond to me succeeds yes. is just this is just a Bond yep. adventure, this is and an you episode. don't have to explain why yeah. is he involved because it's just it's his job yeah. to be involved in these, you know. Yeah. Whereas McLean, it's tough because one of his character traits is you know I, I was not supposed to be here today. Yeah, he's like yeah, Dante. Yeah. He's I not know, supposed to be here today, and so it's it's that kind of a thing. It's I know it is weird. I feel he's like, on vacation. I feel like you're right. You couldn't do like episodes in McLean's life without Mm-mm. McLean. It would ha- I mean without Bruce Willis as McLean either. I don't think you could really recast him, which is a weird thought too. Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't recast him. It yeah. doesn't work. I mean that's that's what these movies have become is is just the Bruce Willis action movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's the Bruce Willis action franchise. Yeah. I'm trying to think if another one has actually done that. If there's, I mean, I know Rambo's supposed to continue. Oh, actually, they just uh, Stallone announced the title Last Blood. Yeah, I know, Rambo. which is so funny to me. Honestly, after John Rambo, sign me up. I'll yep. watch it. That was that movie was insane. I, I didn't see it. It's insane. It's yeah. is it good? I don't know. Yeah. Is it insane? Perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, I love that movie. Last Blood. That's so funny. But at to the me. same time, that's another one where the first one was based on a book yep. about a guy with PTSD getting yep. harassed by cops, and that's it. And by the fourth one, he's just like, you need a bunch of brown people gone and quick and disgustingly. 
Look no further than John Rambo. He'll do it for the right reasons. Check out that bandana. Like it's just it's just a brand of this character. And it's so insane to yeah. think that, you know, and have you seen First Blood? I, I've never seen a Rambo movie. Okay, First Blood is quite literally just he is a kind of PTSD Vietnam vet and he's a drifter mm-hmm. and he pops off in this town and one of the cops doesn't really take a liking to him and decides to like fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And then of course it gets more and more violent and bigger things and it sets him off so he starts doing survival stuff. But the title comes from one of the cops kills somebody or I forget what it is, hurts him and it's you drew first blood. Yeah, yeah. So now it doesn't matter what Rambo does to you. Yeah. So that was the story. It's like a small, tight thriller. Actually, yeah. this kind of fits now that I'm thinking about it. It's a tight, localized thriller yeah. of just, I forget whether it's Stacey Keach or Brian Dennehy versus Stallone. And that's, <laughs> that's what it is. And it's great. Yeah. And then he just becomes, you know, Rambo, as we all know. And there's like a child's uh, a cartoon show where he's just the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just machismo for machismo's sake at yeah. that point, to, to borrow that term. Yep, yep. So yeah, I think Rambo is a good comparison point. That, that is a good comparison point because that is kind of what McLean does eventually become. By the time you get to mm. this movie, right? He's there's barely even a plot line. It's just let's him see what he does killing people. Guns. And it's, this movie failed in that too because he wasn't as funny as McLean. No. He didn't have his stuff didn't make sense. Like, oh, what is, what's the one line? Oh my god, there was a line that literally he says, made I'm no not, sense. Uh, I'm not. Someone said, "Oh, like you think you're so smart," and he was like, "I'm not that smart." I'm just on vacation. Yeah, that's literally what he said. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm not that smart. And my I'm boy is going to like beat you up or something. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm not that smart. I'm just on vacation. Yeah. You know, and my that boy thing here that is people knock say. You around. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what he said. And my boy is going to knock you around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I felt like instead of the laugh. Yep. The <laughs> he would just do like a... <laughs> 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 like, why wasn't he just popping Prilosec throughout yeah, the movie? No, it would have been I great. Know. Well, it's like, so I think, like, I'm excited about Jurassic World because I think that is an interesting way to push that forward, to go, like, okay, well, all of this was always about a failed theme park. What if they made it succeed? Mm-hmm. And now let's tell a story from that perspective. I think the most interesting thing in that trailer is that when the mom sends them off to Jurassic World, she's not even worried. Right. And she even makes the joke that's like, ooh, don't get eaten. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just become lore. You know, the way she says it's the way that when people are like, oh, I'm going to the beach, we'll be like, dun, 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 yeah, dun. You yeah, know, it's yeah, the same exactly. kind of just, it's this, this, you know, there's a specter looming over it, but nothing, it's, it's whatever. It's just, oh, that was back before we had the technology yeah. we have now. So that's cool. I think that's a fun way to sort of continue that. You know, Fury Road, the new Mad Max movie, supposedly is just like one long chase sequence. Sweet. And And that's beautiful. If you can make that work. Because it's like, if there is a problem with the third one, which I don't hate it nearly as much as everybody seems to, if there's a problem with it at all, it's that it's not as much of a car movie as the others. Mm -hmm. That's like sort of the DNA that it loses a little bit by the time it gets to the third one. Great. Give me a fucking all-car movie Mad Max movie. That sounds great. Uh, And... Uh, to be fair, so here we are. We're talking about like how do you continue a franchise, right? Like tell more stories. Um, one of the things Mad Max established early on is the first movie is just like a story of Mad Max, like an origin story for him. The second one is essentially a heist movie mm-hmm. in the middle of the desert with a chase sequence in it. So there you go. It's just imprinting another style of movie on it. And if this one is just going to be an extended chase sequence, that's in sort of in a way imprinting another style of movie onto it. You know, mm-hmm. it's I, I can buy that. I can get on board for that. Absolutely. Um, 
Terminator we just talked about has them going back to this Back to the Future <laughs> idea of like let's retread the territory of the first two, but in because of time travel, allow it to actually have implications for those storylines oh, yeah. as well. We as won't retcon it; we'll just right. con it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, Star Wars, you know, uh, it just gets to be that. Uh, that was always set up as their what? What are they called? Episode four, episode five. We just get to go. These are the further episodes in oh, this universe, and I think that's what uh, that. Recently, I've had a, a renewed interest in the Star Wars franchise because the whole Empire thing. Yeah, and so I watched the the People versus George Lucas, mm-hmm. and that was one of the biggest issues that they had with the prequels. Was in the original trilogy, there is that feeling of just like, oh, we're just picking up in the heat of an adventure. Yep. And you know, even the 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 opening crawl was really where they isolated. Mm-hmm. It was just like the the galact- you know the Empire is attacking this and that, and then they throw you in. Yeah. And then the the first one for the Phantom Menace is immediately off because it's just like trade federations are operating sanctions on blah blah blah, yeah, and it yeah. throws all of this huge world that is extremely relevant to this plot about the you know trade disputes. Yeah, and it's like we Star Wars. Here's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. In give the, us just another Star War in that universe. Here's how I can explain it to you. In when I was a kid, I I don't think I understood. Or oh, that crawl made no sense. Those cr- I didn't know what the the implication of those crawls at all for the rest. And it of doesn't them. matter those for the enjoyment work of the movie. Those crawls, I don't think the the new trilogy does. Mm-hmm. Like they, like you said, they have like very vital information to the story that's being told in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, well, that's not a Star Wars movie. In like the other this. ones, it's more like flair. Yeah, it's just that that big opening. Yeah. Like that's just big, like flair yeah. to get you. It's an overture, and they always are literally opening in the middle of an action scene, which I don't. I, I guess the other three do too, but the, there's something quieter about them, smaller. About oh them yeah, yeah. Is, you know, thrilling. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm excited for a new Star Wars because I think that you know, but that franchise has always been set up to like, if you want to do more Star Wars movies, you could do more Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. and we're always going to be on board because they're they're episodic. It's right in the title. And I don't think any of them really, uh, and that and that's interesting to bring up because I don't think any of them necessarily hinder, uh, hi- sorry, hinder hinge hinge upon any specific character. No. Um, whereas we love the characters, we love our R two D two. I yeah. mean, he shows up everywhere. At the end of the day, what the biggest issue was with the Star Wars prequels was you're giving us too much about these characters right. that we don't really give a shit about yeah. because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. to our enjoyment. So I think Star Wars, it's definitely we were sold on, and and it's it's partially because of just the merchandising aspect yeah. of it. We are much more sold on the world than we ever are on mm-hmm. any of the characters. And the prequels focused too much on characters while sacrificing that world. Yeah. And so I think that was the issue. So Star Wars is actually set up to succeed as long as they understand that. I, I think so, yeah. It's like like I said, it's like you got to nail that feeling, I think. And mm-hmm. if, if they nail that, I think that, that'll work. You know, I don't think there's any reason it won't. Now, here's the, the, here's the, the franchise that it, it has to go here because we're getting it this year. Yeah. Fast and Furious. Oh, see, I don't know enough about them to comment too much on it. I, I've not seen. I'm actually. I've started it's trying to the acquire movie them I'm so most I could excited. watch them. Oh, it's cool because the, yeah. the first one is like a classic car chase heist movie, just centered around street racing. Right. And then it just kind of you know by now they're just this elite team of of people that use cars for things. Right. And how it happened, I don't know, but. Like the first movie is good in its own right. Yeah. You know, it's from 2000. It's yeah. it's totally exactly what you think yeah. it is. And so the sequel's like completely the cash-in merchandising yeah. sequel. And then when they thought it was going to fail, the you know, the they threw out the Tokyo Drift third one and just, just branded brand it under it. there. Yep. 
Uh, the, there's a, a end of the movie sequence where Vin Diesel shows back up because yeah. Paul Walker was the only connecting character right. from like the first to the second. I mean, amongst others that all show up and die or whatever. So then by the fourth one, when they realized, oh, these are a hit on home video yeah. and people really like the culture of this, let's get the cast back together yeah. and they pull everybody back together. And so once it became self-realized that like. Yeah, see, I don't know where band. they did it. Yeah, and but it, it's barely about the characters. It really is. It's cars. Yeah, it's just about car action yeah. now. Because The Rock is not part of the original right. cast. He didn't show up till Fast yeah. Five. But if they made a fast movie without The Rock, I would be sorely disappointed. Yeah, we just we want to watch charismatic people get in cars and do crazy shit. Exactly. That's essentially what it and is. And even now, one of the main characters, the one guy who's in, I mean, not the one guy. He's one of the people. He's in every movie, but for one. And he he dies in the filming of this. Oh yeah, yeah. So they go so far though. But what I, what I think so brilliant about it is not only is his brother on set yeah. with Paul Walker's face digitally put on yeah. him, but his brother also plays the character of Paul Walker's brother. Like, right. On that, so that they can continue. The so I pray. With him, right? So they can just move it forward yeah. with him, which I think is actually a pretty classy way to go I, about I'm okay that. With that yeah. As well as it goes, I just hope that there's a scene where Paul, where where Paul Walker faced guy, throws the keys to Paul Walker's brother, oh, also man. played by him, but with his own face oh, to man. pass it on. Please, oh, if man. there are gods in the sky, or anywhere in the ground, I don't care where they are. <laughs> if gods are out there listening, please let that happen. Because there's nothing more fitting to a fast franchise than someone just being like, I can't do this again and tossing yeah. him the keys. It's it's perfect. <laughs> so it has to happen. But at the same time, this is one of those where they've reached a point now where I, I think with, with Fast and the Furious, it's less about... They, they say that it's about these characters coming back and we want Vin Diesel and all of them to come back. But I think that it'll last for forever anyway, because yeah. even as these people cycle out of it, they're just going to cycle new people in. Yeah. Because all that the Fast and the Furious is is getting bankable celebrities yeah. and putting them into car stunts movies. Yeah, yeah. And just increasing the yeah. the ridiculousness of yeah. it. Uh, I'm into that for this. Partially because I have no particular... I, I don't think that there's anything about the first one that can really be betrayed. It's right. kind of a standalone movie. Right. So it didn't intend a franchise. I mean, most movies don't intend a franchise. Yeah. But that one doesn't really have any specific DNA. And they've changed it so much that the only connective tissue is cars. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to watch them all just so I can get caught up to the point where I... It's so much fun. I'm, I'm on board enjoying. But if... Correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like... With that franchise in particular, one of the weird things about it is nobody even seems to care about one through four. It's it's oh yeah, fast this new trilogy is awesome. Is what people really enjoy and care about. It's the one where they got like everybody back yeah. together and did all that stuff. Yeah, and and well, th it's like they turned it into a whole other kind of thing. The Tokyo Drift ended up being like almost what saved them, right? Because that turned out to be like a little bit of a hit, right? Uh, Tokyo Drift was my favorite until the fifth one came out because oh, really? it's actually the most like a movie. It's, uh -huh. it's just kind of its own movie. And it's thrilling and fun. Yeah, but they kill off a character in that right. movie. So then when Fast Five comes out, they put that character in it and just go, oh, this predates yeah. you know, that one. All these older people. And then they brought that back younger. and did so with Jason Statham. Yeah. That's the other thing. I if there's one thing that I'm more excited about than seeing old and young Schwarzenegger fight each other yeah. for Terminator, it's Statham versus The Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. we live in a wonderful world. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. that's amazing. That uh, that's gonna be incredible. I, uh, you know what? Uh, to end this, I I'm ready to get out on this. I don't. I I, I am so done talking about like Die Hard and franchises. I do. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like there, there's. Uh, we didn't get too deep into Die Hard Five, um, and I don't really care about that that much. Yeah. Because there's not really much there to work with. No. But to me. I'll tell this story real quick yeah, because yeah, I want to yeah. do this. When I saw Die Hard 5, yeah. there was a lot of hatred for Die Hard 4, which I get, yeah. but I accept Die Hard 4. It's actually um, pretty well-reviewed as far as Oh, yeah, it's, it's one of the higher go. Rotten Tomatoes yeah. ones. Yeah, but it's you know just a lot of people are like, oh, it's stupid. It's not a Die Hard. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot of Die Hards. I've spent a lot of time with <laughs> them. And I'm going to tell you that it's okay. It's a pretty good one. Because there's a lot of effort there, like what you said about the... But either way, I went to the theater alone. I walked down to South Philly because yep. nobody wanted to see this movie. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see it myself. And it was about 10 minutes into the movie that I that it occurred to me that there was no effort being put into this movie yeah. outside of technical proficiency yeah. in terms of the way some stunts looked. Yeah. You know, like it has a budget. That's That's basically the best yeah. thing I can say about it. It was about 10 minutes into it that I realized that I was sad watching this movie because I was the one person that I felt could find some merit for it. And could I found a fifth little movie. to none. Yeah. And, and that, that believed that a fifth yeah. Die Hard movie could be done properly. Yeah. And I think a sixth one could be done yeah, properly. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much faith anymore. But no. that, that day I left the theater and I never had checked the weather. So when I left the theater, it was just pouring rain. Yeah. And so I just walked home alone in the rain, stewing about Die Hard. And for that, I say, fuck you guys. I put more effort into seeing that movie <laughs> than you assholes did making it. <laughs> so suck a dick. Six better be good or it better be not at all. That's all. I, I think it's a lesson in, and this is what they should take away from Die Hard 5 if they're going to make a sixth. It's a lesson in character, right? Mm -hmm. Like character, I think at the end of the day, the more movies I watch, the more stories I see unfold. We talk about this a lot. Story is more important than plot. And I think even over story, character is really what makes a movie watchable and something I enjoy getting involved with. I feel like with. to isolate that, though, because I think this has plot issues, too, because I don't it know does. what the fuck happened. It does. I think it has huge direction issues yeah. because there's no geography of the yeah. scene or anything like that. Totally. Huge script issues yeah. because there's there, most of the dialogue is just someone behind a steering wheel yelling. Oh, totally. Random things yeah. out that give us, like, oh, is that funny or something? But it's that's because there's not characters for oh, yeah, them to absolutely. care about. You and know what at, I mean? At the whole of it all, there is no I, characters. I, there's got to be characters for them to care about, or they're not going to want to tell a story that we Especially can follow. Especially in a movie, that, like in a franchise that is designed based around, as we said, that one character. Yeah. And McLean's not there anymore. And the way he faces off with mm -hmm. very specific villains, right? And they are always very specific. They did this weird thing in this one where the where the villain was like chewing a carrot and then yeah. dancing. Um, they were just trying to paint him as look, he's also specifically a guy. And then here's the question. What's that character's name? I don't fucking know. Who's the bad guy in the first Die Hard? Uh Hans Gruber. Boom. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. that's that's all the that's all you need. Yeah. You know. Actually I saw a thing uh you know Red Letter Media? Yes. They did the thing about the Star Wars prequels, and one of the exercises that they did was they interviewed people about a character, mm. and they said, we're going to ask you about the character. You have to describe them to us without saying the name of the actor or actress. Okay. So like Han Solo, and they're like, oh, he's this roguish kind of badass guy. You don't want to get on his bad side, but if you're on his good side, he's your friend to the end, blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't know if you he's loyal, but you don't know if you can trust him. They're going yeah. through all this stuff, and they're like, Qui-Gon Jinn. They're like, he's a... Uh, 
it's Liam Neeson. Like, yeah. Can't say that. And he's like, well, he's a Jedi. Yeah, and, yeah. and I feel like that's what this movie was. Whereas, yeah. like, if you said to me, describe John McClane in Die Hard 1. Yeah. I'd be like, he is a guy with issues. He's a cop. He's a good cop. Yeah. His methods are a little bit unorthodox. And he rough. tends to get himself in trouble. Yeah. But he's usually right. His heart's in the best place. Mm-hmm. He loves his family. He doesn't know how to show it. Right. He's very. Uh, he's got a lot of ingenuity. Thinks on his but feet. But he he thinks on his feet. But it's not because he's particularly book smart. Right. But if you showed me Die Hard Five and you said who is John McClane, I'd be like, he's Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's you know he's a old. very good shot. Yeah. Like, and that's pretty much all yeah, I get. Yeah. And it, that says a lot. Uh, you know, I could vacation. give you Hans Gruber. I could tell you so much yeah. about him. I could tell you about his extended family. Oh, even. I know. Yeah. But the the, the bad guy, bad guys in this yeah. movie, I'd be like, they're Russian. I could also <laughs> tell you. Han- I can't even tell you their actor. I could tell you Hans Gruber's plot. Yeah. Too. Oh, absolutely. And like pretty specifically. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it. It. it yeah. It just. You, I feel like at the root of this is like you have to like. Why am I coming to see a Die Hard movie? I'm coming to see the character of John McClane absolutely face off with at least one other interesting character. Mm-hmm. That right? I mean, that is there really wasn't a single interesting character. What's at the character. heart of the first Die Hard movie is his interactions. That's what's with at the heart Gruber. of all of them, really. Yeah. I mean, even even in the fourth one, his interactions are more with his little sidekick than it, with the bad guy. But even that still is entertaining there. to watch. Absolutely, I, you know, like uh, he and and I know who Justin Long's character is. You mm-hmm. know, like I get him and I understand him. And I can tell you things about him, but I I, I I couldn't even tell you things about John McClane's son in this movie. He's just diet John McClane. Yeah, yeah. he's just the next McClane kid. And and it's let's also say it's a mistake to make it a spy movie. Mm-hmm. It's a real mistake to make a Die Hard movie a spy movie. They're not spy movies. And it's weird because it's barely even a spy movie. It's just a spy framework yeah. for an explosion montage. Yeah, like there's yeah. not there's not much actual espionage right, going on. It's yeah. just but it but it is framed at the beginning. Yes. Like it looks like a Bourne movie when yeah. they set it up. And it just doesn't work. No, yeah. But that isn't to say you can't do that and balance it. No, Case sure. In point, uh, Captain America 2. Yes. You know, it's all... I-, I could see a version of this movie that works, for mm-hmm. sure. And I-, I actually, I think you could see that throughout this movie. Mm. There's there's little pieces of this where it's like, oh... And it's the most frustrating part about yeah, it is it's that like, I'm sitting there with a much better movie. Do, they're just not trying very hard. Mm-hmm. It hurt. Yeah. It hurt. Fuck you. It's a, it's a huge... Skip system. Woods. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about things we have seen that have been good. I, I, I will just recommend the Mad Max movies since I, I, I just watched okay. them. Uh, they, I think oh, all of them are, are, are worth watching. Dude, I have watched so much stuff. That's why I'm recommending that because that's literally like all I can remember right now <laughs> is that I watched all that recently because um, I have watched so many things recently. Um in fact, uh, while you look at your list, go ahead, make a recommendation. I mean, man, I can throw them all out there. I actually just, I've, I rewatched all of Ty West's stuff uh, just to give it another chance. Yeah. And like House of the Devil's better than I thought, still okay. not good. Yeah. When we get off here, I want to talk to you about the sacrament. Okay. Because the thing you were saying about yes. the camera, like that's there. It's def- Right. They try to explain it. But it's not a good enough Isn't explanation. A it's a problem. And I didn't notice it at first because it's smooth. Yeah. But it, it, it stuck at me. Right? But uh, we'll get into that when we're off yeah, the air. Yeah. And we'll talk about that oh, in the future you know what one I day. Saw? I'll talk about this. I saw Bad Words. Um, which oh, I is, wanted to uh, see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Jason Bateman's directorial debut. Mm. It's not great, uh, but it is an enjoyable like comedy about... It looks funny. Yeah, and, and it is. It. I mean, it is... Ve- the Honestly, the biggest problem with it is it is very clearly... Jason Bateman trying to be like, I'm not the goody two shoes you know from everything yeah, yeah, yeah. you've seen, you know, and it, it's like it's a little too on the nose that that's what it's trying to do, uh, but it is 
it's it's funny. Uh, it, it is. It, it's actually a more interesting story than you'd think by mm-hmm. the time you get through it, which I really appreciated about it. There's like more to the plot than you would expect. Like it, I would like to see this. Yeah, like you kind of when you when you look at the trailer and even through the first like half hour of the movie, it very much seems like the plot is like this contrived like. This old man is competing with all these children oh, in spelling yeah, yeah, yeah. bees. But there actually what is something yeah. more going on there, like why he's doing that and how it's happening, that is a little more interesting and, and gives it a little more weight that I would say makes it more worthwhile than just like, it's a silly little, you know. Mm. Uh, it's not great, but it's good. I, I, I would recommend it. Right on. I would I would watch it. Uh, uh, my recommendation is going to be Starry Eyes. Oh, yeah. And this is the coolest thing ever since the interview I've discovered. There's a lot of first-run movies that are either searching for theatrical release or like minimal theatrical release that you can rent for like six bucks on YouTube. Yeah. So do this. I love that, that uh, this whole situation with the interview opened everybody's absolutely. eyes to that, I think. You know? It's great. Yeah. Uh, Starry Eyes is a cool movie. It's in the same theme as a lot of horror this year. Uh, like It Follows and The Guest mm-hmm. and things like that. It's just, I, I don't know what it is, but it's the same kind of kind of materials, I sort guess. Sort of throwbacky, but feels modern. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. slick, it's throwbacky. It has like the John Carpenter knockoff kind yeah. of score. It's just a cool movie with an amazing performance from, I think her name is Alex Esso, I think it's pronounced. Okay. Eswa, I don't know. Either way, she's awesome in it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Uh-huh. It's gross. And it's just an interesting dissection of... The quest for fame, uh, in a bigger sense, and just the audition process, mm-hmm. in a smaller sense, and just the idea of taking advantage of of artists or the the allure of celebrity, and and what people are willing to sell out to do that, mm-hmm. and it's fucking crazy. That, <laughs> it's it's crazy. It sounds really good. It sounds it's like body the kind horror. Of movie I would like. It's cool. I I, I actually I, I wrote this. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try to remember. How I put it. I said it was it was. Like a Cronenberg, Larry Cohen kind of lens doing a black swan kind of uh, Mulholland Drive kind of thing. But just like okay. a smaller... It, it's good. Like... like uh, Starry Eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, okay. It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And it is brutal. Hey, you know what Gross. we should do before we exit this uh, review of Die Hard 5? We often talk about movies we like and try and find bad reviews of those movies, yeah, right? I'm get a good Do you review. think we could find a good review of a good day? Well, it's to got die a fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So there's got to so be somebody be that one. liked it. Let's see. I'd be very curious, and then we can we can close out this episode before my voice completely just oh, blows yeah, yeah. out from under me. It's fine. I've got to bounce on home. Anywho's. Uh, oh, so and fourteen percent. Fourteen percent out of. Uh, oh my God! They're just. 211 reviews. So wow. This might take a minute. Uh, so while you do that, I will say January 15th, uh, Thursday, January 15th, come see Movie Movie Live. We are doing a Quentin Tarantino episode, and we have some very special surprises for you, I think, as far as some of the uh, the games that we've designed around uh, Tarantino's world that he has sort of built in his movies. Uh, and we are talking everything Tarantino's done. We're talking things he's acted in. We're talking things he's produced, things he's written. We figured out a way to make this a really expansive, fun episode. And... Uh, also, that same night, uh, for the same ticket price, you can come see Curses, which is uh, a game show hosted by Alex Grubart, another comedian in Philadelphia. It is the game show of swears, obscenities, and censorship. Uh, it's a really, really fun, funny uh, game show uh, that features uh, comedians just like ours. Uh, so come out Thursday, January 15th, to but see. There's no such thing as as an outright positive okay. review. They're all stuff like this. Uh, like This actually says it. 
It's a decent action flick, but change a few characters' names and it's barely recognizable as a diehard movie. Um, Let's see, the other one, like, there's plenty of action in this film, but the characters are a bit sketchy. There's so much backstabbing and double-crossing that you tend to lose patience with the story. Uh, Yeah, that's as positive as it gets. That's Uh, hilarious. Undeniably entertaining action movie franchise fodder had the producers... Uh, made Mary Elizabeth Winstead the film's other action hero rather than going with the convention of casting yet another male, Die Hard 5 would have been awesome. So they had a... I, I don't know if I, I f- doubt fully that it would have been that. awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's about as positive as it gets there. I did. I will say there was a moment in this movie where I thought the bad guy was going to be a female and that excited oh, yeah, me. Yeah. I thought like, oh, the idea of McLean cool. against a female is very interesting. And again, he beat the shit out of a woman that's in the fourth true. one. true. <laughs> and yeah. Through, you know, uh, this is a... This is a uh, this this is making me me happy. Travis Hobson of Examiner.com said we'd all be better served if Die Hard would simply die already. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, but uh, there was one that just simply said Yippee Kai Nay. Oh God, awesome. <laughs> and uh, would have been better suited to go straight to DVD starring Steven Seagal. <laughs> yep. That that I think is the Accurate. perfect review. Accurate. Yeah, there's um, nothing. There's there's absolutely nothing here. That's all right. That'll then that'll do it. That's fine. Uh, um, so uh, find us on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. Find us on Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. And please come check us out at Philomoca, uh, Thursday, January fifteenth, for an all Quentin Tarantino movie movie live. It's going to be really fun. You can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That is with an F, uh, where I write hilarious movie jokes like. Um, uh, hold on. What did I have this week? I had a, a, a. Now this is not funny because I took too long to think of this actor's name. William Atherton was America's original Nightcrawler. Hashtag Die Hard. Oh, uh, there you go. Because uh, I, I realize his opening sequence in Die Hard is him hearing a police scanner of what's happening That's at so Nakatomi funny. Plaza, and he like has to go get the story. That's wild. Yeah. That's funny. Lou Bloom would have like gone inside. Uh-huh. He would have been be- actually. He would have just negotiated his way uh, through Gruber up to the top. Yes. Yep. Just totally cutting into it. That's wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Dan Scully. Check out SuperCrappyFunTime.com and um. Actually, yeah. For more movie stuff, log on to Cinedelphia. Yes. And uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, that's uh, they've been good to, uh, to me. So, yeah, yeah. yeah good Dan, stuff. Dan writes for them, and uh, it's run by uh, our friends at Philomoka. Uh, check it out. All right. Uh, so let's end this one the way we end every episode. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like, like to movie. movie.